Welcome to the Savage Podcast over here at 60 Frank and Fitness, 60 Football Academy down here in Parker, Colorado. Make sure you go to 60academy.com and check out everything we do uh, online and also all the social media platforms which are exploding. 60 Academy on Twitter, on Instagram, and then we are live on TikTok again today. Thank you to everybody that supports on TikTok and the following just keeps growing and growing. We're almost to 40,000 followers in only eight weeks. Uh, so obviously they love the content, and boy, oh boy, are you going to love today. So episode seven, figures, uh, we have the GOAT, all right, Hall of Famer, Ring of Famer, my favorite defensive player ever, and a man that I can, I'm proud to call my friend. And uh, again, we have him on the show every year, and it's always great to have him on. Steve Atwater is in the house, brother. How in the hell are you? I'm, it is I'm so good to see you. Good. Again, always dude. good to see you, man. Always good to see love you. Like, you ready to go back show. out there, man. I feel, I feel good, right? So... We had, uh, I was on altitude on Saturday at camp, and Brandon Marshall was there, right? Yeah. B-Mars sat next to me in the locker room, and he's a good friend, and he comes over, and I was like, damn, Marsh, you look good. And he's like, why don't you go try and play again? I was like, ah, ah my back, back my back. back. <laughs> yeah, that back, that back can stop a lot of people from doing it. But them. I think, I think Marsh could still play, bro. Did you see him? Yeah. Oh, I see him. Like I was out of town. Train, yeah. 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 He's, so, he's a big boy, man. I always, yeah, always love this game. Um, so, look. We got a lot to talk about here, obviously. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, Steve, and, and being down here at Six Zero uh, Football Academy. Uh, you, know, you got a nice, set, nice setup here, man. This is this is, bad, this is right? awesome. Not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, David Bruton is in in the other room, running between the lines, uh, physical therapy. So if he gets done in time, uh, he'll come jump on with us. Always like like everyone sees him uh, each and every time. The last couple episodes of Derek Wolf and whatnot. So, all right, Steve, let's get into this. And the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. I was listening to Altitude the other day, and you were on with Andy, okay? Okay. And I was listening, and the, <laughs> the Arkansas quarterback story, bro. Oh, man. I The fact that I didn't know you went to Arkansas to play quarterback. Yes, man. Like, well, I, th- I think the coach had it in his mind that I'm going to flip him anyway, right? Well, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, because all the other coaches were like, yeah, I want to play, I want to play quarterback. Like, no, 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 you're playing, you're playing, playing defensive back. And uh, but Coach Hatfield, he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, first it was Lou Holtz, and then in the middle of it, Lou Holtz left. But Coach Hatfield, he was still saying the same thing. And uh, after a few practices, he called me in the office, had that talk, and uh, the history ever since. That talk, that talk comes to us all. It seems. Yeah. It came to me in the NFL. It came to you as a freshman at Arkansas, and Andy and everybody were Vic that were out there yesterday, and they're like. Yeah, he used to say that he did three days of practice, and every time he threw a pick, he tracked dude down and just knocked the hell out of him. <laughs> right. And they were like, safety. <laughs> right, right, right. He cannot throw, so but he awesome. can tackle. Yeah, we can tackle, and we can run, and he did not like throwing interceptions, so he would get there with a little extra. Dude, ball. I used to be so ticked off, man, when I threw interceptions. I'm like, man, I, why did you intercept my pass? Uh, so let me ask that. When you went to safety, did it? After playing quarterback as long as you did, and I know it was no, no. If I played school. safety in high school as well, well but I, I know you played both ways. But playing the quarterback position as well, did it give you a little bit of like? Now they move me to safety. I can't play quarterback. I can't wait to go make a play. Oh yeah, oh most definitely. When they moved my fat ass offensive line, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm never going to let a defensive lineman through. You don't think I play D line anymore? Okay, it's on. Right. Uh, you know all the all the things that. Little trip motivations, up. right? Defensive yeah. lineman, right? Yeah. So you can trip him up. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you've got to jump on him. Makes makes a lot of sense now. Exactly. Diagnosing that run play is looking pretty damn good to me. Yeah. All right. So I just wanted to get that out there. I, it was so awesome listening to that on the show. Altitude's doing a great job. I'll be on there next week again uh, with Scotty being off. All right. So Broncos ownership. You went to the press conference. I listened to the press conference on the radio. I am... Uh, 
I don't know if I could be more impressed with the press conference and just everybody, but Condoleezza Rice and her knowledge and just the political connections and everything that woman brings to the table, the, the diversity of the ownership group, and now the fact that the Broncos are by far the richest sports franchise in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, you give give so. your opinion on this. You were at the you were at the press conference. Yeah, well, um, obviously it was a little bit bit bittersweet for me having coming right. in coming in uh, while Mr. Bowling owned the team, getting a chance to build a relationship with him, getting to know him. Um, but at the same time, once Mr. Bowling, when it, once his health took a turn and. Uh, you know, he's no longer with us. And then I was hoping that it would stay in the family with, with uh, obviously, uh, his children. Beautiful as, family. As we all did. Yeah, Everybody yeah. Everybody that family, played but, in that era wanted it to stay with them. But obviously. as you know, things don't always work out on. the way yep. you plan. And uh, so with this group, I mean, I, I couldn't have – I don't think it could have been any better. It couldn't have been any better for the uh, the Walton Pinner group. Is that You know, this is a great organization. And it couldn't have been any better for, I think, even the Bolins. I mean, a historic price for the team. Um, it's a big check. And they gave them a lot of love, too, big right? Check. I mean, it was they, they did it so respectfully the way they gave. Um, Each and everybody give, brought up Pat. Absolutely. Everybody. And how can yes. you not? Yes, Pat. And, you know, his kids, they, they did a great job in the, in the interim here, too, just, you know, making the transition and everything. So, and Joe Ellis as well, man. Joe Ellis. Yeah, he doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't get enough credit, Joe, man. Joe was the guy at the at the him and John for a long time, but Joe has always been that steady force for the Broncos. So you you, you know, it, I don't know what the future holds for Joe Ellis either, but you got to tip your cap to that man. Oh yeah, he did so much for the franchise. Got to, got to. Man, just you know, a lot a lot of wonderful people in the organization, and you know, obviously when new ownership comes in, things change. So you know, we have to see how you know, what type of changes they make. Uh, either here in the near term or in the in the future here. But. So, so look, Mr. B has an effect on everybody that played in that building, from a guy who was only there for two years like myself to Hall of Famer, Ring of Famer, Steve Atwater, right? He, he affects everybody differently, but it's always positive, and he knew who everybody was. And I told this story a couple episodes ago, but just walking up to me in the weight room being like, hey, you're from Colorado. You're lifelong Bronco fans. Good to have you here. Exactly. Exactly. He's sitting there in his leather pants looking like just the suavest dude on earth, right? Yes. And that big old like let me ask you, when you're on the sideline and he's sitting there in a meat coat, are you oh, just like man. dog? Yeah, he's the that's coolest. our owner, dog. Yes, Look at that dude. Exactly, man. <laughs> how clean he is. He's the coolest ever, man. So and, like for them to go up there and reiterate the I want to be first at everything motto. Yes. Just Talk about how that made you feel as, you know, one of the, in my opinion, Mount Rushmore of, of Broncos in the history of this franchise. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. Um, you know what? I kind of got that from them anyway. I mean, in order to be great in business, you know, I mean, in order to make Compete. a ton of money, you know, you, you got to be doing something really well. And uh, they've had a ton of success uh, in the business field. I mean, and they're great business people, obviously. This is another business, although quite different from the one they're in with, with, with Walmart and that. Um, but I think the leadership, they, they got to have great leadership to, to do great things. The leadership is there. Uh, I think they're going to, um, you know, show it's going to be different, I think, but I still think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see it. Cannot wait to yeah, see same it. Here. So same I'm here. glad the ordeal is at a close. <laughs> I'm glad they can move forward. Um, I would anticipate 
you know, with the new with the new building they built down in Dove Valley, I would anticipate that they're going to revamp the the older side of the complex too. We were talking about that yesterday a little bit as well. But like, who knows? I but mean, like knows? we're they all three throwing up, you know, everybody's we're throwing up ideas, like hey, stadium we, idea and all this other stuff. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until yeah, they tell us to sit back, all right. watch, and enjoy the ride because now all of the uncertainty about the future of the franchise is over. Yeah, and now we can just watch and see what they do with the opportunity. Because one thing I loved about what what uh, uh, Rob said, Rob Walton was this, uh, he's coming to steward the franchise. Mm-hmm. And that means he's coming to look over it. He, yes, he owns it, but he's coming to steward that and look over it and take care of it. And that really, that really sat with me. And I was like, okay, this guy, I think he's really got it figured out and we'll see. We will. Yeah. See. And you know, they mentioned the importance of, uh, seeing to have the vis- visibility in the community. Um, you know, mentioned wanting to have, you know, not only players that wanted to play for the team, but also coaches that wanted to coach and employees who wanted to be employed there. Um, And the only way you do that is by treating people right. And they know that. They do that. That's what the Broncos do. I mean, I played for the Jets, Dolphins, and Broncos in my career. And the Dolphins don't take – I didn't think they took care of their guys at all. The the Broncos were – it was like night and day the yeah. way they did things. Oh, I went to the Jets. And you went to and the I, Jets. And I had great, it's, great relationships out there. But I remember, it's different though. You know, one of my guys out there, I'm like, hey man, let me get uh, let me get an extra pair of shorts. Nah, like, not at Hofstra. I'm like, bro, come you on, you remember man, that some facility shorts? at Hofstra, bro? Yeah, the but, facility at Hofstra was. I walked in, and I was like, damn, this is an NFL facility, really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't, that, that didn't, that didn't, that didn't, I didn't trip off that as much, but. You know, just the gear, and I just know how easily, like, all right, if I need another pair of socks or, you know, T-shirt, whatever. You know, it was no big Never, deal. never cheap in Denver. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving forward. The joint practices, you were out there yesterday. Um, I was on the radio the whole time. I had a better view of the offense than the defense. Uh, but I did make a point to, you know, talk to everybody that went over there and watched the defense specifically. Let's talk about the defense first. Multiple fights? Multiple scuffles? This is about seven fights. Right. <laughs> what, what, I'd say 40 plays maybe, and there's seven fights. Do the math. Um, Bradley Chubb looks pretty good to yeah. me. Looks real healthy. Yeah. And that secondary, bro, might be the best secondary in football, in my opinion. Where are you going with this? I'll tell you what, man. Um, I talked to Justin after practice, and I said, I'm like, man, are you guys actually playing this good? Or as the offense, you know, have they not caught up? Or But they did the same thing. They were doing playing that way against our offense. Really? And then to see them yeah. come out and – you know, have a great performance. It's, it's practice, obviously. You know, guys aren't yeah, going to be That, that joint practice is different. Yeah. That was like a game yesterday a little bit. Those guys were out there flying around. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, guys just, they're in the right place. Now, we we got beat on a couple of plays, but, uh, you know, coaches made some adjustments, cleaned it back up, and, uh, yeah, we, we got a couple of turnovers, got, you know, a lot of PBU, a lot of pass breakups. attitude. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Seemed, it seemed like, look, under Vic, they were good on defense. No one's saying they weren't good. They played good defense. But I felt like they didn't have a dog. They didn't have the dog. Didn't have a dog. There's no blitz. There's no, like a lot of sit-back coverage. Not very aggressive. I didn't, I didn't see the same hype I saw yesterday. They looked like they were having a good time, yeah. and they looked like they know they're about to be supported. Yeah. So talk about that as, a, as an elite defensive player on elite defenses. When you know you your support, what do you mean by that? So offensively supported. Oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. when you when you know you're if we get two or three turnovers and we hit the quarterback and we do our job, we might be we can be ultra aggressive. We can give up a play or two. Yeah. And we don't want to, but we can if they, they get paid too. 
But our opportunities are going to be more and more and more because we've got Elway and TV and Shannon Sharp and yeah. the Three Amigos and all these other dudes, right, yeah. that you played with. Well, now you've got Russ and Sutton and Judy, and Russ looks really, really yes. good to me. And the offensive line's going to figure it out. That's what I mean by supporting. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, as a defensive player, you know, you always, you know, when you're in a team environment like that, especially the NFL team, you right. know, you always want to say the right thing, you know. Hey, man, we're all together, but you, you know. When, when, but when box. you get in the game, and if your defense is getting off the field, and then your offense is three and out, three and out, you turnover, know, turnover, you know, it gets frustrating. And I've been in that situation. Now, obviously, you know, we're not going to just you know go off on our guys, or you know, because we had some games like that too, where you know they're scoring, they're right running running the ball down people's throats and scoring, and we can't stop them, and we're like, man, hey. We, so we do the best day. we can do. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. But when you have both offense and defense hitting on all cylinders, man, it's, it's a thing of beauty. It's, it's special. And you cannot take that for granted. So Russell Wilson comes to Denver. Uh, I saw you talking to him after practice yesterday with all the greats and you and TD and Ferg was over there and Russ and Rod Smith and yeah. John was out on the field. Let's talk about Russell Wilson a little bit. I think he's, you know, people – get worn out by his positivity at times and i'm like how how can you get worn out by somebody being happy all the time man that is like i think people just can't be as happy as him for some reason and they're like oh he's too happy and i look at him i'm like man i wish i could be that happy all the time that looks like it's really fun i don't understand it either I, I saw i saw, so I saw some see. people talking about him talking about he's corny like what are you talking about this is what we want we want to be happy. We want to have a great family life. We want to be elite in what we do, man. This guy is elite. He's an elite player. He's an elite preparer. He's an elite leader. He seems like he's an elite husband and he's father. A, exactly. Like he does everything up here. Exactly. And honestly, as a, as a father and as a business owner and a guy in the community. and Makes you want to get better. It makes it. me want to get better, bro. Bam, that's and what I'm, I'm not saying. even there. That's what I'm exactly. Saying? Yeah. I'm not even there. And I'm like, damn, bro, he's so energetic and up and he knows he like takes time they were so i was on the radio right and they're complaining about the fact that he takes time to go talk to all the fans and everyone and i'm like that's what this what you want to do bro. right like, without the fans what what was it there's none of there's not nothing happens nothing nothing happens without the fans right so the fact that he's he knows where he's at too seattle's fan base is good no one's no one's sitting here throwing seattle's fan base under the bus but I'm sorry, Seattle's fan base doesn't have anything <laughs> on Broncos country. Right, bro. right. The twelves have that number. These these fans are rabid and they've the history of this place, you know, people love it. And yeah. and they should. It is Especially, one of, man. Jeff Legwell was on yesterday and said that I think there's four franchises that have been to eight Super Bowls or something like that. Four or five. I don't know that number, but it's very small. Yeah. Um, and I I think that it's all about that aspect, the ability to go from treating the fans like you know them and taking time to show them love when they're showing you love and then walking straight over and going to a bunch of ex-players and guys that you know and everybody's got mutual respect yeah, and treating them the same. That's, that's the way it's, it's supposed to be, though, man. You, you can't change who you are just because of where you are. Right. And I, I feel like Russ is getting a bad rap in that regard. I don't know. But see, it, 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 it all depends continue. on the person, though, because – Hey, people, they say, all kind of people say stuff, you know, right. negative stuff here and there, man. But I look at the source, man. If you're a person who's just a negative person, then yeah, I'm going to expect that out of you. But if you're a person that I respect, you're, you know, you're a positive person, yeah, man, 
I, I don't see many positive people saying negative things about Russ Wilson. Amen to that. And yeah. I'm a I'm a huge Gary V guy. Gary V is he's on social media. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's very very positive. Social media influencer is always talking about positivity, and I follow and listen to him a lot. And look, guys, it, everybody out there listening, it, it, everybody has bad days, right? No one's perfect, and everybody's got negative emotions. It's how you how you harness those and how you counter them, and it takes people a lot of work. I, I have to work on it. Steve has oh, to work yeah. on it. Russ has to work on it. No one's perfect by any means. So I'm so glad that guy's in Denver. Let's go towards the... From the technical standpoint, the execution standpoint, I thought they looked very crisp yesterday. Yeah. A um, lot of isolated tight end, three-by-one, motion to two-by-two, like long extended drag routes off play action that were wide open, big holes in the running game early. They kind of got dealt with by Dallas for a little bit. Dallas was going to that like even front with the A-gaps open, and they would put Parsons in the middle as the spinner. And then crash one side, drop the defensive end, and run Micah around. Oh, boy. And the interior three were like, oh, God, oh, God. And 11 just like, oh. And he was in the backfield a lot, and then they figured it out. Um, talk that's about how it's going to be, though. Yeah, I that's mean, that's how it is. We're at practice, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you have a plan, and you go out and execute, and you come back and take a look and see what's working, what's not working, and make adjustments. Man, that's, that's what life is about, right? Do you need to see him in the preseason at all? I don't. That's not what he, what it's yeah, about not now. Why he's here. Uh, Mark Schlereth had had him on the show a few days ago, and we were talking, and he was saying, "Hey, most teams are like that nowadays. It's it's like really the preseason's first three or four games of the season because mm -hmm. you can't risk getting your main guys hurt in can't the preseason. You can't do it. Can't do it. Not in today's NFL. Yeah, just and, you know, you get a guy in there who trying to you know make the team and try to make some type of miraculous. Well, it almost thing. happened yesterday. One of the Cowboy defenders rolled into his legs and he fell. Rode in whose legs? Into Russell's in oh, practice. Oh, and everybody no. at the radio row was like, <gasps> and everybody on, on the office was like, <gasps> and Hackett was like, hey, give me a new left guard right now. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, Hackett doesn't play now. Hackett doesn't play. No, he's not playing. Hey, he's, he's, he got great mood, great, you know, great intensity and all that, but he don't play around. Oh, no, you, you burn him, it's over. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's comes from a great football lineage. His daddy, Paul Hackett, was a legendary coach in the game. Um, talk about that. Talk about Hackett coming in and, I, I look at what he did in Green Bay specifically with LaFleur, obviously. I mean, they're hand in hand, but learning so much from LaFleur, and I feel like they had mutual respect. Hackett, I feel like Hackett could have been the head coach of the Packers, to be honest with you, and LaFleur could have been the OC. So with Hackett coming to Denver, what I'm looking at and the two running back system, even though Melvin's got a contusion, whatever that is, might just be vet move. Um, <laughs> you never know. Right. And then the, just the fact that they're looking as crisp as they are now with obviously some, some hangups and how it's just going to keep building and they're just keep getting better. And they haven't even played a game this yet. This is early. I mean, new offense, I'm looking new at scheme. I'm, I'm pumped. And they're at this point right now, I'm, I'm extremely impressed. And, uh, you know, we've been on radio and some guys have asked me, you know, Ryan Edwards and that, those guys asked me, hey, man, when, you know, when do you start getting concerned? I'm like, hey, man, week, week four, week five, we're not putting 30 a game up. Then you may worry a little bit then, but I, I, that may even be too short of a period of time, of time considering the drastic changes that have been made. Now, Hackett's done a great job of making sure that Russell Wilson has a big say-so in it, that the verbiage is – is user-friendly, yeah, yeah user-friendly as possible. So I think all that helps, but still having a new quarterback, you know, him trying to learn 
you know, where the receivers are, you know, where they like getting the ball, you know, how, how are they going to come out of their cuts, you know, him learning all that. that it takes a while to get on the same page. Uh, it just takes, but it takes the reps, right? And you can't, you can't do a thousand reps in 30 days. You, you know? just can't do you it. You just can't do it. Can't do it. And look, the, I'm, I'm kind of pedaling backwards here to everything I saw him do in San Diego and in California over the break when all those guys came out. And he didn't post a lot of the video they took. And he started posting it in camp. Yeah. I watched a lot of it last night on his on his TikTok page. It's a great follow. Go follow Russell on TikTok. And it is him showing them how to run routes, how he wants them kind of breaks. Yes. How he's going to put the ball right there, and he does. You know, talking to him about the protection and the hot route concepts. And I'm sitting there like, look, man, I, I love that part of the game. I right. will sit in that film room for days. Days, right. And just, just. And for him to be as technical as he was, I'm like, that's the quarterback. Yes. That's what he's supposed to be like. And, and players get a chance to see what it's like to be around greatness. Yes. You know. 100%. And like and knowledge, too, because the assumption that all these young gunslingers know 11 3-by-1 tight end ISO bunch and how they're going to run Gator and then power and protection and squeeze gaps and green dog blitzers. And I don't know what all that is. Well, that's yeah. what I'm like. <laughs> but terminal, like you said, terminology changes, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The... I just felt like Drew was just playing, and Teddy was just – they're just out there playing. And they're, yeah. they make some plays, and then they don't. Russell Wilson is a dictator. He's out there dictating to the defense what happens. But he can, the only way he can do that, though, is because he knows it. You know, he knows exactly. it inside and out, and out, backwards and forwards, upsides and up, – Playing against those guys is a huge pain in the ass. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yes. So when they know what you're going to do before you do it, it's, it's almost like – well, I'll, I'll take it back to a bad memory, unfortunately. The Joe Montana Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I don't remember oh, which Super Bowl that, that was. That was my that rookie year. Rookie year, right? Oh, man. 55-10, the blooper and... bowl. That's that's one of the worst memories I have of not, my not playing Not to bring career. it up. But, oh, no, no, no. It's, it's cool. But that, that's that's cool Joe out there going, okay, I know what they're doing. That's boop, what boop, it felt boop, like. Boop, boop. Like, dude, how does he know? Does, how does he, he know? Was he in our meetings? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you have that kind of quarterback, especially in today's league, uh, where there's huge open pockets to throw the ball, and you just you, if you're accurate, you're going to be in a position to to make plays. The excitement level for the two of us, for Bruton, for Wolf, who's on the show a couple times. And the fan base, the fans yesterday were rambid. Yeah. That was and, and I'm, so I'm, dope so, I'm so happy Steve. for the guys, too, because really the last few years, you know, with the pandemic and all that, people, I'm glad you brought that up. They haven't really been able to see what Broncos country is truly like. Yeah. They're going to find out this year, man. Broncos country, they, we, we ride like, oh, like Russ said, let's ride. If they, They're going to be riding this year. Like we went to the Jet game last year and it was packed and they, you know, they were undefeated at the time and it felt good. Yeah, but it didn't feel like it did when like Peyton was playing or or all the earlier generations where you were like, I think we have a legit chance to yeah. be a contender. Yeah, and now that comes back. You're not going to see any empty seats. You're not going to hear any booze. It's going to be look. We're talking about Russ being positive. It's rubbing off on the fan base, which is a good thing. Yeah, it is one hundred. Oh yeah, positive, it's, 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 so. it's amazing. All right, hey, so, I got a question for you, yes, sir. Playing with playing when you know you have a quarterback versus mm -hmm. going into a season where you know you don't really have an elite quarterback. As players, I think we are we're always positive. Like, yeah, we yeah. got a chance, we're gonna do it. But then I know for me, since I'm not in the game anymore, I can look back and say, like, wow, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't play. 
Well, I just look at own, my own no. personal experience. When I was with the Jets, we had Chad Pennington, and Chad had just come back. He was comeback player of the year. We had gotten to the playoffs, and we went to New England, and Tom Brady mopped us. Just <laughs> like it was one of those games where you're like, is Tom in the damn meeting room? Right. What is going on how, here? How we does can't he... do anything right. Yes. And we like thought we had this great game plan. We're going to go. We only went to New England that year and won, and it was in this like rainstorm, and they changed the turf afterwards, and we're like, look what we made them do. <laughs> and they 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 were so angry at us, and they put they beat us just down. Right. It was bad. Oh, yeah. And then the next year, they trade for Brett Favre. And we're sitting there in camp, and I'm like, okay, CP's my guy, and I love him, but they just, bro, they just trade for Brett Favre. Yeah, and like, we got they somebody for real. They must think we got a real chance yeah. to be pretty damn good. Yeah. And then Chad ends up in Miami. And six weeks later, they cut me, and I ended up in Miami too. And then like, we, oh, yeah, we go and then we end up back the last game of the season in New York, playing for the division title. Whoever wins wins the wins the division, and we beat them in New York. Okay, with Favre, right? And then right. Miami wins the division so in 08. That's when Brady got hurt. Yeah, and but but to go full circle, what you were saying is when Brett came in, the mood in the room. Because if you remember correctly, they took off. They were really good, and they hit the skids at the end of the year. And then he went to Minnesota. The mood in the room was like, yo, everybody tie this on, extra meetings, whatever you got to do. You're not going home early. You You need to show up early. It is on. We got Brett Favre. Yeah. And everybody, like from Damian Woody to Alan Fanica to all the vets on that team, Lavernius Coles and all those dudes, it was like, Pucker up, zip up, and let's go to work. Right. And the message that I try to get to the guys on the team is that next year isn't promised. The only thing you're promised is this time you got right now. Amen. And you got to do what you got to do right now. You can't say, oh, yeah, uh, we can wait till next year. No, man. If, this, if you can do it this year, this is year you got to do it. I think they can, too. Look, this, this, this trend, the NFL is very trendy, in my opinion. Like it's, an, it's a copycat league. You know this. Oh, yeah. The last two Super Bowl winners have been Brady going to Tampa, Stafford going to L.A. Yep. Well, Denver just repeated the trend and brought in a guy who I feel like he feels he needs to keep proving himself. He's never gotten an MVP vote. Russell Wilson has never gotten one MVP vote, How does that happen? I don't understand. Is that just because he's in Seattle? I can't – like, that's the only thing I can come up with. But then that, like, kind of takes away from their franchise, which isn't fair. But I, that's just amazing to me that yeah. that man's never gotten an MVP vote. So yeah. that motivation alone, I think, is going to be one of the big parts of this year. I need to talk to you about Jerry Judy. Now, Judy got hurt last year. He hasn't had a quarterback up to this point yep. that can get him the ball consistently, at least. Um, he obviously has the talent. He's fast. He's got great route running ability. He's got good hands. I hear a lot of this. Roquan Smith talk, we should trade Judy for Roquan, but then we lost Tim Patrick. That doesn't sound very no, no, appealing to me that. at all. Can't do that. Um, it, it, do you see Judy having one of these explosion type years? Because I either think it's going to be him lighting it up, having a huge year, but I just don't think he's the kind of guy that can have like a average year. He's either going to have a, a disappointing season like he did last year with no touchdowns and injury. Or just go off. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's in Jerry Judy's corner, right? Um, 
I think he has a talent. You think he has a 100%. talent? One hundred percent. The guy, nobody. I don't think anybody can. If you got to cover Jerry Judy, man, man, I don't know. I don't know anybody in the league that could do it. Well, it's it, not for any period of time. Not to where a quarterback can't throw a pass. Exactly. So when you're looking at Jamar Chase, is young, tearing it up. Jordan Jefferson is young, same from the same division. Yeah, those are two LSU guys. You know those Alabama oh, yeah. LSU guys. Oh right? yeah, about y'all. Oh, yeah, exactly. that's your division. <laughs> and the SEC West is no joke. Yes, uh, Jordan Jefferson's balling, but you know the the other Alabama receiver, Waddle's balling. You know, yes. it's just he can't be the the one guy out of the CD Lamb's balling. Like, he well, can't guess be what? The one guess guy what? All, out of the group guess what? All those other guys have though, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And now, so that gives me a lot of faith that, like, Sutton and Judy and Alberto, who I think is a real matchup problem, yeah. the third-round tight end, Travis Kelsey was a third-round tight end. Like, man, you can find some really good players in that that part of the draft. So it do you think it's more, like, mental for Judy? Or is he gets a lot of bad rap with body language, right? So people sit there and watch everything he does, and they're like, Oh, he took a knee this time instead of talk to Russ, so mm-hmm. he must be disgruntled. And I'm like, well, you also can't be the guy on every single play that walks up and you're like, how did I do, Steve? Right. Did I do a good right, job, right, Steve? Right, did right. I hold my gap, Steve? Thanks, yeah. Steve. High five. And then like you're like, what the hell is wrong with this guy, man? Just yeah. do your job. Come on, let's play football. Yeah, well, um, I, I I would say I know he's not playing perfect ball. I don't think anybody no right now at this point, right? Yeah. But – the one thing that he can't control is his effort. And, you know, yeah, I've seen some plays where I thought he could finish a little bit better. But guess what? Coach Hackett saw it too. Russ Wilson saw they're it too. Him. And, yes, they're, they're on. And, Jerry, Drew, you talk to him, man. This kid wants to be elite. Now, the last couple of years, I think, have kind of put a damper on that. And, you know, sometimes you you got to, you got to you know, wipe the slate clean almost. You know what I'm saying? What's was it? Wipe the visor. Yeah, wipe, wipe, that, wipe that whole deal out, man. Just, you know, clear all that other stuff out of your head from the last couple of years and start anew, just like you're coming out of college and again. If, if anything, Russell Wilson and that ultimate positivity that, will only – That and Coach Hackett? Yes, man. How can how can you have those guys in the room telling you you're the elite player, we're going to feed you the rock, you're going to have a huge season and not believe it? Yeah, no. But not only that, it's, it's like just the small things. They got to, you know, make sure, hey, man, Russ, all right – and I think he takes, you know, that type of criticism okay. So I saw yesterday exactly what you're talking about. They ran like a long drag route across the middle, and he didn't expand to the – Russ was rolling. He threw it off his back foot. It was a good throw. It hit him probably right on the edge of the fingertips, right? If he would have expanded the route a little bit mm-hmm. as he, like, judging for the quarterback depth in the rush, which takes a lot of time to get. You got to find the angles of the quarterback where he likes to put the ball when he's running, and Russ obviously can move. If he expands a little bit, he catches it and it's a touchdown. Yeah. Well, then 45 minutes, an hour later, after they did, I, I can't remember what they were, more nine-on-seven type run game stuff, he hits a huge play down the sideline. It looked like the same route from the other side. Right, right. Switched it up. across the field, bam, right there and just down the yeah. sideline for a yeah. touchdown. So and I'm like, the there's the improvement. Right. And for me, Jerry, the, if Jerry Judy was just having his mind, I'm playing through the whistle, he's – He's, he's he's golden. He's golden. That's the only thing that I can see where he needs to just take it to that next level. Right. Just play to the whistle. Because another play I saw him catch a pass, and he didn't really secure it well. Somebody came and knocked it out. This was maybe a couple of days ago. Um, but when he finishes and, like, hey, so I can get tackled, he's ready for that. Man, bro, nobody can be able to stop. Nobody. 
Okay. So, so I think it's going to be an awesome year, man. I, I'm just, just I'm hyped. Look, the positivity is something that a lot of people will be like, oh, well, we'll see. And the Seattle media, bro, <laughs> talking about Russell Wilson has no legs or feet anymore. And what? Trying to hype up Geno Smith. Well, hey, I hope they, hey, I'm, I'm cool hey, with them saying in, anything dog. they want to say. We got you we're, week one. But not only that, like, hey, man, I appreciate, you know, appreciate you guys, you know, letting them come over here. Because yeah, how do you, how does that happen? How do you let I, a guy like that go? It's monumentally bad. <laughs> I think it's one of the worst moves in NFL history. And I'm I'm on this side of it, so I'm like, yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. But it's like them looking at one negative season and not 10 years. And, and he had, bro, had a broken finger. He his finger on his throwing it, hand. He only missed two games. Come on. And that look, the roster around him was hurt, and they're trying to reload the defense. And I get it. But it, you've got to make that man look, like look at him and go, no, 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 hold on. You're the Seattle Seahawks quarterback. You don't get to leave. Whatever you want, oh, we'll yeah. give you. Right. I'll go get you anything you want. They've got money in Seattle too. We've just got more here now. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't look, man. You don't let prime leaders leave in the middle of it. When's the last time this happened? Peyton was coming off an injury. Tom Brady was 42, 41. So I'm, but, I'm not – but he's I, but, elite. He's but even he's even in that, I, I question that situation. Do you, do you think Belichick made a mistake letting him leave? Obviously, right? Obviously, 100%. It's, it's like – but I don't know. I, I think that they were at the stage where they just had enough of each other. Yeah, but they had but, six Super Bowls and like nine appearances. So that, I can I can look at that. Okay, both both guys. Just but I, but I would have done Tom Brady the same way Tom – Dude, you can't leave. Whatever you want, man. You yeah. can't. You got to retire here, man. You cannot go anywhere else. So, okay, let me ask you this question: Do you think New England could have done the same thing Tampa did if they wanted to? Gone out and they they spent a bunch of money for Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Why weren't they doing that with? Why was Tom Brady taking pay cuts? And like, why was he throwing the ball to Malcolm Mitchell? And and no offense to those guys, they're NFL yeah. players. But they're not Mike Evans and Julio Jones and Chris Godwin and and the, he got Gronk to come back. Man. They were going to trade Gronk to Detroit, bro. <laughs> Gronk that's, been, that's why no, Gronk was going to retire. Oh yeah, he was like, "Nah, I'm retiring. I'm yeah. not going to trade to Detroit." Right. And then he comes back and scores two touchdowns in the Super Bowl and, and is an All Pro. Yeah. So you're, you're telling me that New England just got so enamored with or so spoiled by having Tom Brady that they went cheap? I don't that's what I, it looks you never like to know me. what it was, uh, you know, because you always you you see, you see this in all situations where it seems like the marriage is going to be a beautiful marriage forever, and then at some point it, it goes bad. Yes, I do. And <laughs> I don't I don't think it had anything to do with money. I think it was oh, just nothing, maybe personalities or something something like that. Uh, well, look, after playing for I played for Herm Edwards when I was a rookie, who was incredible. Hey, nine to five, get moving, nine to five. <laughs> um, don't hit Curtis Martin nine to five. That's Curtis Martin. You're nine to five. Um, <laughs> I never name all yours is ninety five. And then, uh, and then I got Mangini, right? Yeah, yeah. Belichick coach, yeah, I played with Mangini. Coach. Yeah. And then I got Tony uh, Sperano down in Miami, and Bill Parcells was the president, and he was doing everything. Yeah. And then I got McDaniel's in Denver, so I got Belichick, Parcells coach wow. the entire NFL, right? And they are. Not personable. They are ruthless in meetings. Uh-huh. They do not care. They literally. I was talking to Dreesen about this in practice the other night. 
And I, he said something like to one of the kids, like, not what we're looking for. And I was, I had a flashback to sitting in meetings and me and Jeannie sitting up there with a chew in and a spit cup looking just like, like mini Bill. Yeah. And he's like, McChesney, what's this front? And I screw it up and he goes, not what we're looking for. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there for the team room in front of everybody. Damn it. I'm going to get cut. <laughs> like, face coach. Life least, is over. Can you at least look not at me when you're for. Can you at least look at me when you're saying <laughs> Not what we're looking for. And he used to do it to everyone. And they, like, randomly cut guys, bro. They'd just, like, walk up and be like, in the middle of meetings, they'd come in and just get some kid that, like, got there a week before. And they'd be like, get your stuff. And he'd be like, why? And they're like, you need to take the playbook upstairs. Everyone in the room's like, you know what's crazy about that, though? They're, they're, well, we were scared. Everyone's scared. Yeah, no yeah. one's having fun. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. McDaniels came in. I, I got to ask your opinion on this because I, I was talking to Brandon about it the other day. When, me, when McDaniels came in and immediately was like, you know what? Cutler, gone. Brandon Marshall, you? Oh, you're going to get, you're going to talk back to me and me? You're gone. Bro, I was, like, I was sitting there. I was living in Atlanta, bro. I was pissed. You, I can imagine you were so I'm like, hot. Bro, why are they getting rid of my plans? I was in the locker room and I was like, what? They're getting rid of Brandon Marshall? Excuse, excuse my language. <laughs> I don't want to talk like that in front of. Baby uh, it's Floyd, okay. Man, hey, but, he's bro, hurting. I was. I couldn't believe it. It's nuts, right? I'm like, Brandon Marshall? What are we doing? We're getting rid of Brandon, Brandon Marshall? Marshall in his prime? <laughs> bro. Come on, man. We got to figure this out. We can't just, come on. I know Jay's a pain in the ass, but we can't just get rid of him. Can't, can't do it, man. Just, hey, we're going to trade Jay Keller for Kyle Orton, and we're going to win. And I was like, cool. And we we were 6-0, and and then we went. Oh, man. You can't. You got to have the players, man. So you can have dangerous. whatever system you want. But if you don't have some players. So, look. It ain't going to work. We're obviously not going to sit here and praise the Raiders, all right? Down with the Raiders. McDaniels on his second round, I just said he was a really negative dude. Uh-huh. He was angry all the time. He very – look, there's a difference between hardcore coaching and being on someone's ass and loving them up afterwards and just being mean. Yeah. Right? Just oh, yeah. being a jerk. Like when I, when I had the incident happen with, with Bannon and the golf cart and broke my leg really bad and I had to retire. I don't know if you ever heard about this, but like it was the reason I couldn't play anymore. You in a golf cart. So we're – it was my going into my sixth year, and I had signed like seven injury waivers. Okay, and for both my ankles, my lower back, my shoulder, Billy, I played with Billy Bannon, who's in prison now for sixteen years for attempted murder. Oh damn! Yeah, so he, he had signed a huge contract with with the Broncos, uh, twenty eight million dollar deal from Baltimore, and I played with him in college. He was like my mentor. He was in my wedding party. He's one of my really good friends, and. So we get to the point where we're in that break. They had just drafted Demarius and Tim Tebow in the first round. It was that draft, right? And we went out to this golf course down in in uh, Castle Rock, Castle Pines, I think it was. And we're on the 11th hole. And I told him, I was like, I don't like golfing. I'm just going out there to have fun. And it's him and Lonnie and the golf cart. And we all shank our balls, like, to the right, about 100 yards. And I'm in the other golf cart, like, right, sitting right here. I'm just riding, riding a shotgun. And I get, I go and our balls are in the same area, right? So we're going to get them. We're going to play best ball. And I get out of the cart and I walk about three steps and I pick it up with my right hand and I turn around and it was a valley. So it was Bannon driving and LP was sitting shotgun. And I feel so bad for Lonnie because he had nothing to do with it. And he hit me in my lower leg. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yeah. So they were driving towards you? So the balls were in the same area, and we were playing best ball. So they were going to get their ball, and I'm not inconspicuous, Steve. I was six, I'm same height, and I was like 340. Did like, you hear like, "Hey, look out!" Nothing, nothing. So 
I, I pick up the ball and I turn left oh. and all I can remember seeing were blue blockers. Yeah, and he hit bro. me going like at least 50 miles an hour. Come on, man. Straight downhill with two 300 pounders in the cart in the side of the leg, drug me under the cart, dislocated my ankle, destroyed. I got a five, I had five reconstructions on it and I signed an injury waiver on it, right? And this all goes back to McDaniels. I'll show you, I'll tell you why. And I get rolled under the cart, and my leg snaps, and I'm laying there on the ground. I tore my MCL real bad. My meniscus shreds. I laid into the cart just inherently, and, like, it hurt my shoulder really bad. My left shoulder still hurts every day to the day. Got all cut up from the glass. I'm not saying it led to the five-level fusion in my lower back, but it damn sure didn't help. And I'm laying there on the golf course, and, like, all hell is breaking loose, obviously. And, uh, the next thing I knew, I just was in the hospital and, and two days later, right. I crutch into the facility and Clancy Barone had just been the uh, name, the offensive line coach. And he was the tight end coach the year before. And he called me and asked what was going on. And McDaniels didn't seem to care, didn't care. Like he didn't reach out to me, didn't talk to me, nothing. So I walk into the, the training room, right? You limped in. I, well, I crutched in. Yeah. And like Greek, you know, Greek was kind enough to at least check and see what was going on with one of his players. But everybody was gone for that week. It was the week after right. the draft. Everybody was on vacation and gone. The building's empty. So I come back in like one or two days later, and I start doing treatment. And I'm like sticking my foot in it, in the ice, and I'm like, okay, uh, this is bad. Like my leg's destroyed. My knee's tore up. We're about to get done with OTAs. Like I got – I. I'm trying to make this team. Oh, you're done, bro. You're done. Done. So, and all these injury waivers have been signed, right? Shoulder that's hurt, back that's hurt now, leg that's hurt, everything, right? I got my my son, Nick, who's recording right now, is at home as a a baby. Like, I got some real stress. My best friend just ran me over in a cart, doesn't seem to care. McDaniels was the icing, though. He walked in and opened the door. I remember this for the rest of my life and stuck his head in the training room and goes, golf cart, huh? And just starts laughing. That's the only thing he ever said to me about it. He said golf course. Yeah, and started like... laughing his ass off. And I wow. got up and crutched into the locker room, got a trash bag from Harry, the equipment guy who's my guy, and walked over and loaded all my stuff. And he walked it out to the car with me, and I threw it in the trunk and drove away. And that was my exit from the NFL. Wow. Oh, so when man. I say negativity and bad coaches that don't care, it is, I feel the exact opposite when I go there now. And Pat's like, hey, welcome home, bro. How you doing? Good yeah. to see you. And yeah. like that, it goes so far, even for a grunt nobody like me. No, you're not to, a grunt nobody. Well, Nobody's well, come on, baby. But but still, I'm, <laughs> I didn't play as long as DB did or you. That's so, all right. But that's just the way I look at things. It's, I wonder what would have happened if that happened to Clady. Remember, Clady tore his Achilles, right? Mm-hmm. That they, they were like, they were on the phone with Ryan right afterwards. He didn't even have the audacity or this, like, the integrity to call one of his players that was in the hospital. Wow. So that, in my opinion, was... So, so you're saying he's changed now? I don't know if he's changed. That's my question. Okay. Like, it's, a, it's a very long story, and I didn't want to tell it, but I did. It's a very long story to get back to. He's gotten the second opportunity now with the Raiders, and I watched a clip the other day of him dogging out this defensive man that ran into car. And MF and them and pointing and throwing. And I'm like, man, I, I know he didn't walk in there and trade David Carr. And I know he brought in Devontae Adams rather than getting rid of Devontae Adams. And they got Chandler Jones. And I, I'm pretty good friends with Max Crosby. And he seems to be very enthusiastic about it. 
But we were all pretty enthusiastic about it too when he came here first off. Yeah. And we didn't really see the signs that I'm looking at. Yeah. So I don't know if he changed or not. As a as a player, those kind of coaches wear on you bad, bro. Wow. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know all that was going on. I just I saw from afar that he traded all our guys, man. I'm like, hold up, man. It's enough. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So how do you think that the, the Raiders are going to do this year, the Chargers, the Chiefs? This is murderer's row, Steve. Man, you know what, man? You, you never know, right? Because they have the players, and you just never know how guys are going to respond to coaching, you know? One team, a coach can go to, he can have that team ready to go, ball in, hype, everything. And go to, a, you know, same coach, go to another team, same same, same strategy, nobody takes to it. Right. You know, so it just, it just depends, man. It depends on, on the players. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's hard to win if you have a coach that doesn't care about the players, because you know players know, you know, you know. We can, yeah, we're little league humans. ball, little league, little league. They know, yeah. They know if the coaches if you, don't care if about. If you care, I'll run through a wall for you. Yeah. But the minute you disrespect me as a man, I'm out, and I'm walking away from the franchise I loved my whole life, and I knew I was done. There's yeah. no way I was going to be able to play again. But it's, but but I've seen, I've seen, things. I've seen players be able to band together. And overcome overcome bad with, coaching. Yeah, I've seen. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like with elite players and elite coaching. So, yeah. look, the AFC West is a gauntlet, no doubt about that. All four of the teams. I've heard a lot of people say that all four teams can make the playoffs, which I think all four teams could have a winning record, but I don't see all four of them making the playoffs. We're going to be is that, is that even possible? I don't. In how, one division? How? <laughs> right. So it's one division and three wild cards. <laughs> that would mean that every other division you would just get the division winner, right? Obviously. Yeah. yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's okay. David Bruton Jr. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Chiefs have won eight years in a row. Mahomes has never lost to the Broncos. Is this the year we get him at least once? Well, I, I think that's... Yeah, that's that, no I lie, DB. I, I swear to God. <laughs> I think that, that um, that's going to be a true test because as it is right now, unless you beat the Chiefs, Guess what? They're they're still they're, they're the king of the AFC West right oh, now. Oh yeah, they're running it. And um, we got to show that we can beat them. And, and one win will be fine. The split with the Chiefs. You split with the, the Chargers. Chiefs, you split with the Raiders. You know, hey, we're sweep the Chargers. Chargers will charger. <laughs> hey man, you never know they got. They I'll got say some, it. They got some dudes. They, but they, yeah, they, they got some dudes, man. I'm hoping they charger because if they don't, watch yeah. out. They got that. That's the thing, man. Every single team in the West, the Chargers went and got Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. The Raiders went and got Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. Yeah. The Broncos went and got Russell Wilson. And the Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill and Swanson. That, and uh, that helped. Now, losing <laughs> losing Tyreek Hill helps. It does help. Because he was a Bronco killer. Losing Tyron Matthau helps because he was a Bronco killer. Yeah. And Swanson, I don't know if I've seen a game in the last six years where Swanson doesn't pick the ball off and go towards that. I know, man. So pick I'm six. glad he's gone too. Pick six, Swanson. And then the rest of the year, I'm like, look at Swanson getting torched. But not against the Broncos. Oh, to the yeah, house. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll wrap this up here with a little bit of Hall of Fame talk. Um, you know, you obviously have gone into the Hall of Fame. You experienced that. Um, I thought it was way overdue. Obviously, I told you that man to man, and I'm so proud of you still, brother. The way that you, oh, thank you. The way that 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 just honor is bestowed, and the way that everybody that knows how big of a deal it is. That's the yeah, thing I love man. about it that's, so that's, much. It's pretty cool, man. There's um, some great guys in there, too, man. I'm, this I'm, I'm this year's class, Tony Baselli, yep. 
uh, Dick Vermeil, Cliff Branch, the CU Buff, Sam Mills, who who passed way too early. Yeah. Uh, Richard Seymour on his first ballot, which, I mean, I can't say that he didn't deserve it. That no, he won first ballot. He won first ballot. Second ballot. Third ballot. Well, he Second, wasn't. Third, yeah, we've been we've been we've been finalists together. We like, okay, oh, never dang. mind. That's my mistake. Yeah. And then the the first one I wanted to talk to you about before I come full circle back to Leroy Butler is Bryant Young. Now, Bryant Young's speech. Oh, uh, man. Bryant Young's speech, like. Were you crying? Dog, I wasn't. I wasn't crying. I was bawling. <laughs> so was I. Dog. I wasn't bawling, but I was like, I was, I was, I was like, in my like, house, like I was in my house, like, oh my god, yeah, man, <laughs> like this is so emotional. Yeah, and the platform that football gives for guys to to unload that and share it with everybody. Yeah, that's the beauty of this whole thing. It so is. I wanted to get is. your opinion on that. No, I, I agree hundred percent. Um, and Brian, I remember. Uh, several years ago, we, we uh, when I saw him, I, I want to say, I don't know if it was Minnesota or Indy, uh, and he was kind of telling me about, you know, his son and all that was going on. And uh, my heart went out to him at that time. And uh, he's just a great guy, too, man. He's such a great guy. And the way that he told that story, man, it was, it was so impactful. And I know I couldn't, I couldn't believe he kept it together. I know neither could I. Oh, neither I could like, I. You, but oh my lord! But for him, I think it helps to you know let the world know. But also, can you imagine how many people that helped? Oh, everyone going through that, man. I mean, even like I've I've lost two brothers, and I have two sons, and you know my my son Nicholas, who's right over here, was we found out we were pregnant with him on my brother's birthday, like oh, a, a two, like right. just very recently after he passed. So. I, I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot of you know very spiritual things that happen out there in the world, exactly. whatever you believe. And this this platform that we have, especially the Hall of Fame platform, those stories that you guys get to tell and those speeches, yeah, man. There's so much that goes into them, and you know what's funny? Uh, not it's not funny, but like last year, Class of 2020 went in on Saturday. Class mm-hmm. 2021 went in on Saturday. Back to back, right? So I went in class of 2020 on Saturday. So the whole time up until I gave my speech, I was, you know, like, oh, man, I got to get the speech. You know, I was hyped trying to get in the zone where I could just focus in and make sure I, you know, make sure I hit all the points I want to hit. So I was kind of in game, you know, game mode, you know, just right. tough guy. And then... Come Sunday, I'm I'm just the opposite. Now now I'm like, hey, I'm I'm good. Like I'm, I can I can relax. Yeah. And man, I tell you, I, I had tears in my eyes almost the whole day. Just listening to the guys talk and tell their stories, not? man. And I'm like, man, is this getting everybody like this, man? Like, this, everything <laughs> that every so many of these guys overcome, and just the stories that were told, and like we brought up Sam Mills a lot. This generation doesn't know who Sam Mills. I played Mills, in Pro Bowl with Sam Mills. Sam man. Mills was just. I, One of the I, nicest guys ever. Yeah, I, I talked to Sean Tufts, who was drafted by Carolina by Sam Mills, who was the linebacker coach. And when Sam passed, Sean played for him for two years, and he was just devastated. He was such a great dude. Yeah. For him to go into the Hall of Fame, it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. Um, Cliff Branch, for his for his widow to go up there and honor him the way he oh, did. Was great beautiful. CU buff. And then Leroy Butler. Oh, that's my guy, Bro, man. Talk about Leroy Butler a little bit and everything that cat overcame. And the inventor of the Lambo leap, and just I didn't realize he was as dominant as he was. Oh yeah, he was the man. I remember watching when he wow. was in college at Florida State, but I didn't know his story of all the, everything he had gone through to get there. You know, uh, he had to have his legs. 
broken yeah, and snapped broken and, and, you know, like he wouldn't get picked on teams, you know, to play back. When I was young, I was like, I right, one of the first two or three players to get picked. Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can imagine, like, I right, you got to wait to get picked to the last guy. All right, I'll take Leroy, yep. you know. Because, you know, that mentally, man, that could, like, take that confidence away. Does. Like, you know, and but, but for him to overcome all that, the leg issues, um, and becoming the player that he became and the guy that he is, you know, he's a heck of a guy too, man. That Super Bowl, I look back on the first Super Bowl win that you guys beat Green Bay, and all over the field, it's Atwater, Elway, Shannon Sharp, Reggie White, Leroy Butler, <laughs> right? <laughs> just yep. dudes, Every, Gary Zimmerman, like just Hall of Famers everywhere. Yeah. Right? Terrell Davis, yeah. like how can I forget Terrell Davis? Antonio Freeman. Yes, yeah, Antonio Freeman was uh, out there too, man. Dudes, I got to see bro, Antonio. Right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, lastly. Tony Baselli gets in. He he played. He only played for six years, uh, but they were six of the most dominant years Man. of left tackle ever. Um, talk about playing against Tony Baselli, bro. Like when? Well, fortunately, like, I, I didn't. We didn't have any. We didn't have any blitzes called. Where I had to go through the the, the C gap or the B gap or whatever. I know. So, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, man. Like Big Al's my favorite player ever from CU, and then I, I love that man. But Tony would just set just set up. I mean, it's everybody. Everybody. Like, did did is that the kind of offensive lineman on defense when you're scheming them and you're just like, okay, uh, we're gonna put somebody out here and you got contained. But, <laughs> good I luck. Mean, I, <laughs> good luck. Have a good time. And even if they <laughs> even if they decide to run it your way, he can just drive <laughs> you out of bounds. Like, oh, most case. <laughs> so those guys are few and far between. And being from Boulder and going to Fairview, I don't know how he goes to USC. How'd you let that happen, CU? I don't know. Um, it's like Christian McCaffrey going to Stanford. Uh, so, you know, the, the Hall of Fame class is wrapped, uh, next year's group. How important is it, in your opinion, to get Randy Gratishaw in the Hall of Fame? Oh, man, extreme, extreme, extremely important. I just saw Randy yesterday. Uh, well, yesterday, two days ago, over at the practice facility, and I'm uh, just saying the same thing, man. Randy, you, you it's know it's time. time. And he's like, well, tell them. I'm like, yeah, I do, I do. do but you think they need to expand the classes a little bit, like add more guys? I, they, I think they said they're going to do that either this year or next year. They're going to have two or three additional players in. But I think it's, it probably needs more than that, though. Yeah, I mean, you, you could literally put – we were talking about this earlier, DB and I were, but there's I, there's 100 guys that I could sit down and list that are Hall of Fame worthy, in my opinion. Absolutely. And he's right at the top of that list. Yeah, man. Especially with – got quite a few guys, man. I, I, I think Randy, I think Carl, I think Dennis, you know, sure, Rod Smith. Smith. You know, we, we got – How is Rod Smith not in the Hall of Fame, dog? Bro, I, I don't yeah. understand it. And I mean, he's the, not, the best undrafted player in the history of the NFL that's not in the Hall of Fame. That's what I'm saying. And, and the journey that he had Absolutely. as well, man. I mean, not getting drafted. How did Rod Smith not get drafted? Uh, Playing scout team. This is playing at a small school. Running down on kickoffs. Yep. Making plays that on kickoffs. Dude. That dude, Man. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Tom Nalen's a Hall of Famer. That's right. Tommy Nalen should be in the Hall of Fame for I sure. I don't know where Tommy Nalen is. Have you seen Tommy? I haven't seen. So I see Tom sometimes. No way. Does and, he live here? No, I haven't. Like, I saw him for like 10 years straight, and then I just never saw him again. <laughs> Where'd you go, bro? <laughs> the ultimate look of disappointment, man. I'd, every time I'd walk into train back in the day, Tommy being there training, walk up to him and be like, 
and just walk away, just screw him with me. Be like, what is that, dude? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing me like that, bro? Like, like you disgusted but, uh, Tommy Nalen's the man. He should definitely be in the hall as well. But yeah. look, Steve, uh, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on this show and to come down and honor, honor us with your presence down here at Six Zero Football Academy. Uh, you know, we, we talk about you a lot in here with these guys. Bruton works with a lot of the kids in here in the secondary, and we bring you up an awful lot to go back and, and watch those clips. Um, I got to ask, every time you're on the show, I got to ask you, uh, can you describe the feeling of hitting Christian Okoye at Monday Night Football just for everyone listening? Oh, man. You know what? Because um, when you went, what? Oh! I was like, yes! Yeah, man. <laughs> well, you know, it, it was kind of a lead up, you know, because yeah, we knew we were facing them. Uh, I remember Jim Sacamano, hey, Steve, uh, they want to uh, mic you up for the game. And I... I remember at the beginning of the week, I'm like, ah, oh, man, we playing against Christian Coy. You want to mic me up? I don't know about that. Uh, so it was kind of late in the week when I finally said, all right, let's, let's, let's go ahead do and do it. it, you know. And um, I actually forgotten the mic was on, you know, because once you get in the game, <laughs> you're once, you get in, once, you're, once you're in the move, you're not thinking about the mic. You got to be thinking about the defense and where you got to be and all, you know, all this other stuff going through your mind. But, uh, man, looking back on that film, man, it just it, it gets me fired up sometimes. Just, <laughs> I, I think it's the most violent hit I think I've seen in the NFL. So that, oh, that one, that one, and when you knocked yourself out and knocked out your teammate oh, and knocked man. out the Packer receiver in the Super Bowl, all three. But can you imagine being in a situation where the ball is coming into your territory that you're responsible for, and it's like you know less than two minutes left, two three minutes left in the game? It's like. If they catch this pass, it's over. It's on me. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh-uh. And I remember that that famous picture or the video right after you hit him. You spit your mouthpiece out. And you look up. And you got a big clump of grass in your helmet. And you're just like, like <laughs> that's what it is right there, baby. That's what it is. Oh, All right, man. the goat, Steve Atwater, uh, brother. Man. I'm so glad that you came in. Thank Absolutely, you so much. Man. I appreciate again. you, man. Such a great yeah, time. Man. Hey, congratulations to you, man. Thank I, you, I love what you're doing with the business. Really the youngsters, it. man, you're making a big impact. You, David Brood, man, and your family. Keep up the great work, man. It's, you know it's, it. it's much needed, man. You know it. That is Steve Atwater. I am Matt McChesney. Travis Jones behind the mic. My son, Nicholas, trying not to screw up the TikTok. Too bad. David Brute was in the background. He had to work. Got to, got to pay the piper, right? Got to make that bacon. We got to make that bacon. Uh, remember, 60footballacademy.com, 60strength.com. Go to the Instagram, Twitter, and uh, the TikTok pages at 60academy. And we, you're obviously going to see this. We'll have it pumped out all over social media when we get it cut up. Uh, that's Steve Atwater. I'm Matt McChesney. That is Episode 7. It's a wrap. Go Broncos.